Hi, I'm Andy McDonald, Senior Pastor of Whole Life Church here in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational congregation, a faith community committed to our mission to love people into lifelong friendship with God. And we're committed to our vision to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. So glad you're able to join us today for our worship service. We're doing a series this summer of interviewing our members about how they've handled the crisis we've been going through, and I know you'll be encouraged by our interview today with Linda Ryan. Before we begin, let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your grace in our lives. You've been so generous to us in so many ways. We think about all the challenges that are facing us in our world, and we just ask your Holy Spirit to rule over it all. Uh, From the prayer that your Son taught us to pray, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we just pray for that to be reality. Give us your grace. Now, as Linda and I visit, may the words that are shared, the thoughts that are uh, shared, be ones that will encourage each of those listening. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Linda, this is Linda Ryan. Um, That's your camera right there. Uh (laughs) Uh, On a regular basis, people see you up front at our church. They may Mm -hmm. not have met you personally, but you've seen you helping lead in praise and worship and Mm -hmm. sharing things and uh, talking here and know the boys as well and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so just wondering, um, to help them get to know you a little better, can you give us a thumbnail history of Linda? Okay, so I am um, the last daughter, the last child of Joyce and Theodore Agard, who are from Barbados. So you're the baby of the family. It explains a whole lot. Oh, what does that mean? (laughs) Um, And I grew up a variety of places. My parents left the Caribbean, uh, came to the U.S. where my brothers were born, went back to Trinidad, where my sister was born, went to Canada for my father to finish his schooling, where I was born. Moved back to Trinidad. And then um, from there, we went to Puerto Rico. Wow. Lived there for four years. And then moved to, of all places, um, Kettering, Ohio, Mm. in the mid-70s. And uh, then from there, I... um, was in Ohio up until my junior year of high school, and then I went to boarding academy at Kingsway College, back to Canada. Back to Canada. Yes. And uh, after I graduated from high school, I went to Andrews University for two years, and then I went to Howard University in Washington, D.C. Oh, nice. For two years where I studied occupational therapy, and I graduated from there, stayed in D.C., for and started my first job there or lived there for a few years then moved down to Florida in the mid 90s and uh I've been here pretty much ever since yeah yeah that's it's been a it's really has been a long a good we think good (laughs) a journey here that's great yeah so you're a mother of two teenage boys, yes. uh, Shane and Jaden, yes. and uh, life's going along. And then all of a sudden, here comes COVID, mm. and we have to shelter in place. Mm-hmm. And you have two teenagers that have yeah. to shelter in place. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, how how did you? What was in your mind as we sort of stepped into this pandemic? Um, I remember I went to the beach. It was actually the second week or the first week of the boys' spring break that mm-hmm. all of these shifts started happening. Right. 
So they were home for the first week, and then the second week I sent them to their uncle's place, well, took them there, um, halfway there, and uh, allowed them to have some fun time there with him uh, while I just tried to have some stillness uh, to settle into the realities that were evolving. (laughs) And I remember going out to the beach and just, just really being that, just being still to see what comes to me and to recognize and accept changes that were happening. So that was really um, valuable because when the boys came back, not only were they, you know, bouncing off the walls with all kinds of positive energy from a fun time with their uncle, but I was um, more centered and grounded as we transitioned into the distance learning. And so I just had conversations with them. You know, they were very flexible and just kind of rolled with it. Um, Because I was, you know, good and centered, they were good. I think whatever comes from the parent oftentimes influences (laughs) what happens with the kids. Sure. And um, I I did talk to them. You know, my hours decreased. And so I said, well, they almost were eliminated for quite a while uh, from work. Mm -hmm. So I said to them, okay, guys, I'm not really making much of an income anymore for a time. And we have to live more frugally. And these are ways in which... We can make a difference. Mm. And, and so they were, again, very flexible and open to doing things to try to be mindful about making the dollar stretch a little bit more. So they were good. There wasn't any real difficult, rocky time with their transition, um, but they have gotten tired of being socially limited. Yes, I'm yeah. sure. And, being, and they were, especially Shane, extremely bummed about missing out on Camp Kalakwa this yeah. summer. So, Linda, as a thoughtful spiritual person who, you know, engages with spiritual life, has there any been any special place you've gone spiritually to face the crisis? Maybe some scripture or song or quotation or something that sticks in your mind? Um, I think that my practice that has been most meaningful to keep me centered and um, grounded through all of this has been on the balcony of my home and at the beach um, or at the ocean in some capacity, really practicing presence, you know, recognizing, uh, being open to and responding to the presence of God within me in in elements of nature, mm. ways that I could go out there. Yeah, so not necessarily a verse or a song, though I'm singing all the time, yeah. but more <laughs> a practice of presence with God and people. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So it's not the news that does it for you, apparently. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that's another topic. Yeah. So I, th- I think you're a lifelong learner as mm-hmm. well, uh, mm-hmm. who wants to keep in- engaging in things. What has going through COVID-19 crisis taught you? What have you learned? What, what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about God, life in general? I've learned a few things. I have learned that being in nature uh, is really critical for me in my time with an experience of God. Mm. Um, I have learned that I really like simplicity. So I've known that, but I think that this experience has required that I simplify even more. And I think I've liked that better, to be honest. Um, And then one of the other things I've learned is that some of the things, or maybe a lot of the things that I've spent my time doing have not brought as much value to my daily life as I thought mm. they did. So they sort of drop by the wayside, some of those things? They may, as we go back <laughs> or go forward to whatever we're going into. Yeah. yeah.
I'm, I'm fascinated by the the learning of that simplicity is a real big value for mm-hmm. you. That, that 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 as we had to just sort of do life differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not been a torture, mm-hmm. but actually a enrichment yes, for you. That's cool. Well, you know, crisis has come in our lives, and they are hopefully they can make us better and help us learn things and grow. Mm. Of course, we were in the middle of this crisis uh, with all of the discombobulation mm-hmm. and and uh, dis dis ease uh, mm-hmm. in our world, and then along came the other crisis of yes. the horrible, tragic death of George mm-hmm. Floyd, and uh, and they just sort of. The timing made it even worse, I think, uh, as bad as it already was. In your introduction to the song a couple weeks ago, you talked about uh, the introduction to Gonna Lay Down My Burdens. And in conversations that we did with Craig Moore when we did a podcast, Mm -hmm. I was struck in both of those uh, conversations with the word exhaustion, Mm. Uh, that that, that, that this crisis and this racial injustice that has taken place— that the part of your reaction was just exhaustion from it. It, it tired you. And Craig said the exact same mm-hmm. thing. And I thought that was really fascinating. Can you talk about that exhaustion a little bit? Sure. Um, the COVID crisis didn't exhaust me. Um, and George Floyd's death in isolation did not exhaust me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what that did was it brought to the surface or to the forefront an exhaustion that is there. That is just part of my life. Interesting. Yeah. And the exhaustion is, is, comes from? Living in a country, a place where every day my skin color matters mm. and has to be taken into account, where there are... Um, in my experience, mostly subtle realities of how that racism is uh, directed my way. Um, and, and really, it is very subtle, and so, but it's still there. Because I think most people that know you yes. would say, oh, here she's a successful mm-hmm. woman, educated, has a great life, and two wonderful boys, and, and you know— where does she experience racism? But but you're right. It's it's, it's, a, it's a subtle thing that touches other things yes. as well. Yes. I was thinking in, about this interview uh-huh. and thinking about Shane turned 16 back in February, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jaden's just a couple years behind. Oh uh, yeah, year and a half behind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so 16 means driving. Yeah. <laughs> is, is Shane driving yet? Well, <laughs> soon. Soon. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting as I was thinking about that and talking and thinking about some of my conversations with some of my black friends in the past uh-huh. to think about that when I taught my children to drive, mm-hmm. I, I had mm-hmm. to teach, there's a lot to teach, you know, mm-hmm. how to drive a car. Yes. And, and I did teach them to be respectful if they were pulled over by a policeman. Yeah. But but you'll have to teach that differently. Yes. Um, and and is, is that part of the exhaustion? That feels burdensome okay. to me. Mm-hmm. So, yes, that yeah. is part of the ex- exhaustion. Um, it, it really is every day that this has to be considered uh, in what happens outside of my home. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, when crisis has come, uh, what we do is we, we, we cope. Mm-hmm. We cope. And so we'll, we'll cope with this um, 
this the crisis we've been in, but in the crisis of racial injustice, mm-hmm. what what biblical principles or passages or stories should we be turning to to train ourselves to do better? Well, the answer that comes to mind right now is probably one that would be my answer to any question okay. that comes to me about any part of our imperfections in this human existence. Um, You know, Jesus summed up the Ten Commandments into two, Mm -hmm. uh, love God and then love men and women. And um, if we don't really, if the truth is that we don't know how to love God, which I think could be the truth for more people than they would like to admit. <laughs> Maybe. Then the the question, I guess, comes about, well, how do I love God? You know, and once you learn, explore and learn that, how, how do I love God? Who is God? And once you learn and explore that and respond to that, then the loving of the person next to you or across from you mm. is natural. Wow. Because it is God's love that now gets expressed because you are in God's love and your relationship with God. And so when that happens, everything changes, but it doesn't change if you just say, oh, love God and love man. Okay, I love God, and that's coming from your head. That's mm. not necessarily, I mean, we've grown up saying that. Yeah. You know, we have been taught that, but it may not be the reality. You may not really know God, and so you may not really love God. And in making that our focus, then how I treat you, how we treat one another um, becomes different. And it's not necessarily like the brainwashing right. that may have racial injustice woven into it. It's not necessarily that that may go away in a, in a snap of a fingers, but what does happen is that you are open and you are honest, and then that's where change occurs. And you can, you can, we can choose to live by the principles of First Corinthians thirteen, yes. and, and start acting that way. Yes, you know, and we, we I think too often we rely upon feelings when it comes to love. Yes, as yes. opposed to making yes. a principled choice is for sure. Well, we look forward to a, <clears throat> a vaccine for COVID nineteen. If we don't get a vaccine, we'll get herd immunity <laughs> eventually. <laughs> um, I, I know I've I've comforted myself as we've gone through the COVID crisis mm-hmm. of, of words my great grand mother used to say was, uh, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. This too shall pass. Linda, how do, how do you envision the Christian community and Whole Life Church in particular? Uh, what, what kind of working do we need to do? What can we be doing that will make it possible for us to someday say about racial injustice, this too shall pass? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, it's an important one. And, uh, it's not an easy one. Um, what comes to mind is, um, well, I think what we're doing is a step in that process. We're having a conversation. We're having conversations about it, yeah. uh, about the realities and the truth of racism in this country, the history, and how that impacts everybody, not just black people. Well, that's really important because yes. in Craig's interview, uh-huh. one of the things that struck me, and I used it in a sermon after that, mm-hmm. was we often have thought of racial injustice, I think, in the majority culture mm-hmm. as their problem. Right. And I think that George Floyd has helped it to become our problem. Yes. And, and, and now we're united, at least at recognizing that we uh-huh. have a problem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think that... Uh, in addition to conversations, 
um, which probably need to be ongoing. How they occur would probably change mm-hmm. from one season to the next. But remember that um, slavery lasted for 400 years. That is a long time. Yeah. And the changes that we have known in our lifetimes in this country as it relates to race and the freedoms that black, black people have in this country, that's brand new. When you look at 400 years right. and then the span of time in your yeah. lifetime or in my lifetime, right. you know, this is brand new. And um, I'm probably going to get a little bit long-winded in this answer, but it's a, not an easy uh, Answer. It's not a, a one-sentence answer if I'm going to really look at the, the depth of it. Um, if you are a black person in this country, in this day and age, whose parents were here and grandparents were here, you know, my parents were immigrants, right. so my history is a little different. Mm-hmm. My experience isn't necessarily different when I'm here, but right. my history is different. But for people who have their roots, blacks who have their roots in this country, um, their parents and grandparents can cal- tell them stories oh, sure. of injustices, horrific injustices that were done oh, to them. Horrible. I can tell you of a yeah. story or two of injustices that were done to me that were more than the subtle injustices. So, but um, my white peers or your white peers who have parents and grandparents and great, great and so on, who had slaves, who were abusive to black people, mm-hmm. who did injustices to blacks, aren't going to pass those stories on to their children and to, to their grandchildren. Right. They're not, unless they died. Right. Yeah. So unless you're a part of the clan, you're not going to say, hey, son, yeah. let me tell you what I did, you know, yeah. and then fist bump each other at the end of that story yeah. of how you really were horrible mm-hmm. to somebody because of race. And so I think that that's part of why for the majority in this country, for white America, there is a disconnect in, in their minds about what has happened and how that impacts them in ways that they don't even know. Hmm. And so um, I think that part of, to come back to your question, I think that part of um, what Whole Life Church can choose to do as we look for and hope for a time when we can say, you know, we're beyond this place, um, is to educate, you know, Mm -hmm. ourselves about what has happened and to explore the impacts that, is, that that has had and continues to have on how we perceive things and how we act or react. That's um, yeah. Well, Linda, I know the counsel for us to become more aware and be better educated about racial injustice and injustice, period. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not just in this country. It's all over the world. Sure. It happens in all different kinds of people groups. Yeah. It's really good counsel for us to to grow in that understanding Mm. because um, I think it was Craig again, who said in the interview, uh, seek to understand before you seek to be understood. Mm. And, and we really need to be doing that. Uh, That's important. Um, So thank you for sharing your journey through COVID crisis um, and encouraging and challenging us Mm. as well. What do you think, what do you think is we're sort of at the winding this crisis down a little bit, hopefully with COVID, maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, what do you think God would want to say to us that we should make sure we hold on to have, from having gone through this crisis? Surrender. 
Surround. Who? <laughs> Great word. Yeah. Yeah. We like to be in control, don't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, good counsel uh, to us to just surrender to God yes. and let Him have it. And uh, maybe we can maybe we can have learned that a little bit going through this crisis. Hopefully. Thank you so much for your willingness to share. Thank and, you. Uh, I think we're richer for having had the conversation. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians. All focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.